What's up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight. We are coming at you each and every week with a fresh weekend to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than by the power of conversation? I'm one of your hosts, Caleb Pearson. Joining me once again, the host table, Miss Alicia Battaglia. Alicia, how are you? I'm very well, thank good, you. Good. Hey, Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys, it's, all of us. It's finally yeah. Christmas week. Yay. Wow. Dennis mentioned last week that for him and his family, it isn't really until Follow the Star ends that they consider mm. Christmas has, mm-hmm. is finally upon us. So When Zacchaeus can start talking again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, you hear him already. He's back, senior pastor, Mark Carey. Mark, how you doing, man? Uh, doing, doing, doing well. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good. Are family coming in town for Christmas? You guys leaving? What's your? Well, I mean, three of our four children live here. Yeah. And so our other son and his family from Charlottesville, they're coming in. Uh, my wife's brother from Omaha is coming in. Good. Awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Prayers for safe travels and everything. Yep. Our, our Christmas Eve services are getting <clears throat> finalized here, which is exciting. The office is full of everybody's name tags that are volunteering. And mm. so I'll talk more about that at the end. But yeah. And hey, thanks for adding the mask only service. That was fantastic. I was really happy. Yeah, the video went out a couple, uh, I think a couple yeah. of days ago. Yeah. yeah, very well received. A lot of people were appreciative of the of very the video. Appreciative. But you mean the, the mask only? Yeah. Or the Christmas, Christmas Eve, Eve service? Three o'clock yes. service. Yeah. And then coming yeah, right. in January nine to nine o'clock, o'clock yeah. is going to be mask only. Too, I think that's so. smart. I think I think that makes sense yeah. for a lot of people. So good. Thank you. Well, let's jump into a Sunday in review. The Humble King Part Three is it? Is that the final? Or, no, or is the, the fourth and, right? Okay, will be will be the fourth cool. uh, installment. So uh, I had never seen "It's a Wonderful Life" until about ten hours before the service. Really? Yeah, never. I seen have it. a confession too. I've only seen parts of it. I have a hard time sitting through yeah. a whole movie just because I I'm get, a doer. I get judged left and right that I've never seen it. Yeah. But then so. I finally see it, and then it appears in church, and so everybody's like, see? you got to be watching it. So I'm like, oh, gosh. But at least I was able to – I was like, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was good. I, I, I was trying to guess where you were going with the Potter thing. I was like, I, I wouldn't have guessed Zacchaeus to save my life. But it was really good stuff. Um, so, Alicia, I'll come your way. I mean, what were your thoughts on the service and talking about Jesus using his words with Zacchaeus and what we can take from from that? Yeah, so we the, – the key passage was verse 10. Uh, in chapter 19, Luke 19, 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. And uh, Pastor Mark not only talked about Zacchaeus, but he talked about from chapter 18, the blind beggar Bartimaeus. And so we met these two people who are on opposite ends of the spectrum. We have blind Bartimaeus, who is very oppressed, and um, he is an outcast because he's blind and he is one of those undesirables. And then we have Zacchaeus on the other end of the spectrum, who is extremely wealthy, uh, filthy rich, uh, and he's hated by the people because he's basically a traitor. He's a Jew by birth, but he's working for Rome and he is oppressing these people. um, And he's an all around slime ball. So we had these people. <laughs> a spi- like, uh, yeah. spider. I forget the quote. Something about a spider. Oh, a scurvy spiders. Scurvy yeah, spider. scurvy spiders. What you called him. So yeah, two two men from total ends of the spectrum, but they both encounter Jesus, and they see their need for Jesus, and they call out uh, to him, and uh, he Jesus is faithful, and he gives them the gift of faith hmm. and healing. 
That's good. Both physically and spiritually. Right. Yeah, and that, that seeking and saving the lost, uh, Pastor Mark, you took us to Ezekiel and, and talked about that, you know, saying those words and choosing those words, you call it kind of that messianic statement to really quantify and qualify what Jesus was saying. Um, I couldn't help but notice you really focused on the fact that the, Jesus chose those exact words that mirrored what was already said kind of out of the Old Testament, you know, like using that scripture, using that idea. And it kind of popped up a question in my mind. Why is it important that Jesus didn't just pull this phrase out of nowhere or or, or made it up himself? Because surely if he would have, I mean, he's he's God, we, we could take him at his word. But why is it so important and or incredible that he did use scripture that they would they would know about, right? Right. Okay. Right. Well, I mean, Jesus was always very intentional. When yeah. he was in being tempted in the yeah. in the wilderness with Satan, yeah. he selects scripture that is perfectly um, intended in, for that situation. Um, Jesus was just, he was a master at obviously knowing the scriptures uh, in, his, in his humanness. He had set aside his divine privileges and you know, he, of course, was without sin, but he grew up learning Torah, and, you know, he argued when he was age 12 with the best of minds, you know, and all that. So he had such a command of the scriptures. Um, it's it's just mind-boggling, really, when you think about it. But so did so many other people of that culture. I mean, they were steeped in knowing the, 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 the law and the prophets. And so... Um, when he chose that phrase, I think without mistake, it was drawing back to Ezekiel. And why he picked that, I think, is because of the the shame, the judgment, the vitriol that was thrown against people like Zacchaeus. And I guess you could say rightly so. He, I mean, he was a scurvy little spider, as as uh, it says in the the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. He, I mean, he he really was a scumbag. But that's the point of Ezekiel. I mean, the shepherds of the flock needed to be going after these. Hmm. They, they need to be, they, they, they sort of been seeking and pursuing these. These are the type of people that the religious leaders, what, what were they doing? They were, they were the, you know, they were secluding themselves and putting that wall around themselves and, and their pride and their self-righteousness. Hmm. Um, in fact, if we go back um, so we went back to the Bartimaeus, the blind beggar, mm -hmm. as a contrast. If we go back to the story just before that in Luke 18, just bef um, um, back in um, verse 18, so, so you, got mm -hmm. the, you got the Bartimaeus, the blind guy in Jericho. And if you go back a few verses to 18 through 30, you have this religious leader, a ruler questioning him, good teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, um, uh, well, you know, why, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God. You know the commandments, you know, do this, do that, do that. And, and the guy says, verse 21, all these things I've kept from my youth up. I mean, this guy was squeaky clean. Hmm. There was no more self-righteous, I mean, squeaky clean person than this religious leader, this ruler of, of Israel. And I think, again, it's set up in contrast um, where Jesus points out, well, you're really not that squeaky clean. One thing you lack, he says in verse 22, Saul, you possess, distribute to the poor, and, and you shall have treasure in heaven. Come follow me. And he didn't. He went away sadly. And Jesus said in verse 24, how hard it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel 
to go through the little eye of a, of a sewing needle than for a rich man to enter kingdom. And of course, verse 26, the people who heard it says, well, then who can be saved? Because again, in their mentality and their thinking and the theology, well, that, that clearly that was a good, per, I mean, they're, they're, they're a shoe in for getting to heaven. Mm -hmm. So once again, I think as Luke puts these stories together, he's showing this contrast. Here was a squeaky clean, self-righteous person who wasn't going to make it. Then you have a vermin rich person, Zacchaeus. In between is the beggar who had nothing, uh, you know, right. the Bartimaeus story. And so I, I think th these stories are being woven together that um, you, you have to, well, the, the story just before it sets it all up with the uh, verse 15, they brought the babies to him. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, Jesus said, permit the children to come to you, uh, uh, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. Childlike faith. Yeah. So here's blind Bartimaeus. I mean, he's going to do nothing. He can't do anything but cast himself upon the Lord. Here's Zacchaeus, who had everything the world would want, and yet he casts himself upon the Savior. You know, he climbs up in a tree, and, and it's faith. Here was the rich young ruler who was squeaky clean, and he goes away sad. How hard it is, mm -hmm. in, not because of their wealth, but because of their wealth of self-righteousness. Yeah, the, the rich ruler... He was confident in his good works and his morality, and he saw what he had to lose. But Zacchaeus, he had eyes to see what that he was spiritually poor, his spiritual poverty, and he saw eventually what he had to gain, yeah. which is really neat. Yeah. Um, and that kind of brings to mind uh, one thing that really stuck out to me was how Jesus calls Zacchaeus by name, and I love that because it's so personal, and it's just, it's God's touch, and that's how, what he does for us. He, he speaks our name, and he calls us out, and he calls Zacchaeus, and he says, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. And, um, and then Zacchaeus, he calls him Lord. And then if we go back um, to the blind beggars, uh, to Bartimaeus, and um, Bartimaeus, he, he hears that the, the people tell him that Jesus of Nazareth is passing by. And, and then Bartimaeus cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And then he again, um, calls him son of David. And so God clearly is giving him spiritual eyes to see that the, the truth about his messianic, uh, who he is as a, a messianic uh, person here. He's this, the religious leaders, they don't have eyes to see that, but, hmm. but clearly Bartimaeus does. Um, and so anyway, I just, I think about the Isaiah 11, where it talks about a shoot from the stump of Jesse, mm -hmm. uh, who is the father of David. And so Jesus is fulfilling this role as the son of David. And then also um, in 19, when Jesus says in verse 10, for the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. So he identifies himself as the son of man. Jesus calls himself the son of man repeatedly uh, here in the New Testament. So can you unpack a little bit more of Jesus calling himself. Yeah, why, the son why did of he man. use that phrase? I mean, right. the blind beggar said, Son of David. Hey, stick right. with that. that. That'd work, right? Yeah. 
but it, it, it's it's the the idea of the Son of Man. You you got these titles of Jesus, Son of God, mm -hmm. um, which clearly connects him with the divine, his divinity. Mm -hmm. He's the Son of God, Son of David, clearly connects him with the Jewish lineage, lineage, and that and that context. Son of Man um, is also clearly messianic um, because it goes back to Daniel. Um, Daniel chapter 7, mm -hmm. and uh, um, just to, to read that again, but Daniel chapter 7 is that after that dream and that image and that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had and, and all that, um, then there's this, or, and that, that was in chapter 2 and 3 and 4, and then chapter 7 is the uh, Belshazzar's dream and uh, this beast. And um, so Daniel interprets it in just verse 13 and 14. He said, I kept looking in the night vision, and behold, with the clouds of heaven, um, one like a son of man was coming, and he came up to the Ancient of Days and was presented before him. And to him was given dominion, glory, and a kingdom that all the peoples, nations, and men of every language might serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which will not pass away. His kingdom is one which will um, not be destroyed. That idea of the Son of Man is clearly messianic, but as Daniel says, it, it he's talking about the, the kingdom that is here on earth. It's it's talking about this earthly kingdom. In the previous image of Daniel, and this is maybe getting too confusing, but in that previous image of Daniel, there's the head of gold and you know all that down, and then um, um, then at the end there was this 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 rock that came and, and shattered the image and it became the everlasting kingdom that mm -hmm. the, in the end of the, the age there's going to be this other kingdom so all the daniel is talking about earthly reigns earthly powers and at the end of the age is the messianic power the one like the son of man so that son of man title i think is tied to jesus's mission this earthly mission. He is the divine Messiah who's going to come in the fulfillment of Daniel's prophecy, of Isaiah's prophecies, Daniel's prophecies, Ezekiel's, all these prophecies of the one who's going to set up his throne and rule. He is the king. And he's the only one qualified to rule and reign in total righteousness. That's right. And so he's really showing his his um, identity as the son of man, ties it back messianically to Daniel. And to his mission here on earth, son of God is his divinity. Son of David, his uh, connection with Judaism. Son of man is his connection with the whole world. And, of course, Luke, that would fit in right with the whole theme of Luke's gospel. <laughs> Do you think Jesus ever walked away with a little bit of a smirk, thinking, like, chew on that for a little bit? Because <laughs> yeah. it's so cool to see the way he's dropping all this stuff. Yeah, I, Everyone's just I, I wrestling love it. with it. There, there, there's a time in uh, John 8, I think it is, where... They're going to they're going to stone him because yeah. of blasphemy. Yeah, and he quotes from uh, uh, Psalm eighty two or is it eighty nine, where um, God calls these rulers gods, and Jesus throws this curve at the religious leaders. Why does he call them gods? You know, and because they were claiming Jesus was referring to himself as God, and that was blasphemy, and so he pulls this psalm out of the air, like, well, why would God call them gods? And you could just see the Pharisees probably, well, yeah, well, wait a minute. And then he slips away from the crowd. You know? Yeah, I know. He throws right, them that curveball. He disappears in the, through the yeah, air, right. the herb, whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so funny. Well, even, even for us now, as we're flipping back and forth, it just becomes more and more evident. I mean, Scripture awareness is, is, is what leads to spiritual clarity. 
when we understand what this passage is saying, what it's tied to, how Jesus brought it forth and how we can apply it to our lives, I mean, it's just, yeah. it, 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 it's here. Yeah. Yeah, and I that's why I think it, if people have time, and of course, we're, everybody lives busy lives and, and mm-hmm. some, you know, you would say, well, that's why we pay you, you know, Bible teacher to do these and do this research. But I mentioned in my message, a book by Kenneth Bailey, um, uh, entitled uh, Jesus Through Middle Eastern Eyes. I think mm-hmm. that's the title. Yeah, Jesus Through, through Middle Eastern Eyes. He just, he, he just, you know, it's books like that that are exciting and fun because they do these kind of background stuff. Uh, Ray Vanderlaan mm-hmm. is another one that does a lot of this stuff. And you you get these experts who really are in tune with the culture and and, and all these things, more of that 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 time and they bring these things out that I think are so fascinating. It's cool. Yeah. Which you, I mean, you did a really good job talking about how uh, Jesus, he went against the cultural norm and, and Zacchaeus did too. I mean, he, you don't see this running and climbing. Yeah. Up, yep. up, you know, this wealthy man running and, uh, and climbing up trees and, um, and then Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus's house and the people are grumbling and they're judging and they're like, what? This is, he's a sinner. What are you doing? Everything about this story is odd. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And, but the neat thing is, is that encountering Jesus and this is our story too, our lives change. And Bartimaeus encountered Jesus and his life dramatically changed. Zacchaeus encountered Jesus, his life dramatically changed. And um, so there's um with Zacchaeus he experienced such a, a he he experienced repentance but in a really remarkable way um because he was essentially liberated from the shackles of wealth and money that held him bondage and greed and greed yep and and then he responds by giving half of his goods to the poor and then restoring four, fourfold to the people that he had defrauded. Mm. And um, so it's just neat to see that when Jesus calls us by name, he gives us a spirit and gives us that empowerment to respond to his grace. So, um, yeah, so I have here the, the gospel penetrates our values and affections. Zacchaeus, he found his greatest treasure and delight in Jesus. Yeah, and I think these are such great Christmas stories. Oh, Zac- yeah. That's why I chose Zacchaeus, because it's a Christmas story. It's, it's, it's Mr. Scrooge yeah. who finds redemption, the miserly man. You know, he, I could have used him. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Grinch. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dr. Seuss even comes up with this. Right. You know, and, and so you got this miserly Grinch. So the, it really, these are such great Christmas stories because it really, in contrast, juxtaposed to all these Scrooges and Grinches and Zacchaeuses and all, all these people, is a God who so loved that he gave his, mm-hmm. his best, his mm-hmm. son, uh, unconditionally, without any strings attached. And, and that's, what, uh, what's, that's what we should capture in the sense and, of and Christmas. Revisiting the passage or, or, or reading it again, I think, is so important. The, the cadence at which we grow, we ought to be rereading this stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's an elementary song about Zacchaeus. <laughs> so I, I, I had an elementary understanding until my late teens. Well, he was small, so yeah. he climbed a tree. Yeah. I mean, he was yeah. a wee little man. A wee little man was... Right? If, if you put chief task collector in a second grade song, they're not going to memorize it. <laughs> <Sure>. right? <laughs> so we've got to come back to it. And, and the, the picture gets bolder and sweeter, I think, we are. I was, wow. Okay, that's 
Yeah. Let me mention one other thing too that I think yeah. I, I didn't mention in the sermon, sure. but I think it's it's fun to 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 draw it in those stories. So we've got Zacchaeus, and um, uh, so in in the Zacchaeus story, you got the um, verse seven. You got the people grumbling, you know, and 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 the, and they really prohibit him from seeing Jesus. He has got got to climb a tree. They're grumbling. In the Bartimaeus story, it says, um, yes. um, you know, he's passing by, son of David, have mercy on me. And those um, who led the way were sternly telling him to be quiet. And then in the story of the children, what 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 happened with the children? They it, it it's um they're they're not uh, they're they're blocking. It says they were rebuking. Yeah, them. they rebuked him. So in these three stories, you have people trying to keep other people who are in desperate need from seeing Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the applications for us as well is to say, uh, you know, are there things that are are we keeping people what, hmm. by our our our, our blindness and 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 not seeing the needs of people. Um, one thing about Jesus, he always had like he could have a his eyes on the Father, but he also had eyes on the needs. And and in all three of these stories, everybody had their eyes you know fixed on Jesus. I guess you could say as he was coming by, but they they didn't see the people. Right. Well, the, the children, a, the blind beggar. In that grumbling and holding the holding them back, there's this self righteousness to think that. Oh, why, why, why would Jesus minister to them? Right, and the children, a the blind children, beggar. Yeah. Blah, you know. And one of your points was the reachable. The you know, is there somebody the unreachable sinner in our life that twenty twenty Zacchaeus? Yeah, and and so I was thinking, who like who could that be in my realm? Because you gave the example about the Nigerian Christians and how they're. They're saying, what a blessing to be captured by the <laughs> Boko Haram so that we can share the gospel with them. Mm. That I can't relate to that in my world. I don't live there, and that's not my world. So mm. for here, what is that? what does that look like for me? Who are those you know, unreachable sinners and people who have different political views, people who live different, have different morals than I do, people who maybe have an unsavory lifestyle from what I consider savory, uh, mask versus no mask. That's our world right now. There's what, what are those people that rub me the wrong way that I just am like that self-righteous grumbler who, Mm. but they're, one thing that jumped out to me is we have the opposite ends of the spectrum with Bartimaeus, who's oppressed, and then we've got Zacchaeus, who is filthy rich. But then there's all the people in the middle who are um, people that we're related to or our friends or our neighbors and people who are coasting along in life, people who um, maybe are uh, they're religious but they don't have a relationship with Christ. Uh, hmm. People all around us who are experiencing common grace in our world that we get to all enjoy the sun rising and the sun setting every night. Um, but people who don't know who the giver is. So, yeah, well, and, and, and I guess if truth were told, we like to hang out with normal people who are like us, whether they're, quasi-religious or mm-hmm. as long as they're kind of more like us yet who don't know the savior right um yeah. and so 
everywhere you look, that we, we I think I think to be like Jesus is to have our spiritual radar up all the time. Yeah. And you know, it might be a good application to say where people, the people that are being pushed away, those might just be the people that Jesus would pursue. Mm -hmm. um, who might those be? And you, you gave some examples, mm -hmm. you know, but who might yeah. those be that, that people would normally just push away? Um, Jesus never pushed away anybody. Right. And well, in, in the very beginning of chapter 18 in Luke, um, the very first verse says, and this is the parable of the persistent widow, but, and he told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. And I think that that is our calling is to don't stop praying. Mm -hmm. God's attentive mm -hmm. to our prayers and he, he did come to seek and to save the lost. And um, so there are all these people in our lives that are all over the spectrum to not lose heart, but to keep praying. Right. Don't stop praying because his hand is right. outstretched towards them. And verse 27 says, uh, the things that are impossible with people, they're possible with God. Right. Yeah. So again, faith is a big key in these passages too. Childlike faith, the cry of the blind beggar, the Zacchaeus' faith really in climbing the tree and, and then mm -hmm. taking the, uh, receiving Jesus's, hmm. you know, self-imposed invitation upon himself. You become a son of Abraham, faith. The only one that didn't was the rich young ruler who walked away sadly. Right. Um, so it's it's faith in a God who does the impossible. So why not pray and call upon him yeah. um, for in behalf of people? Um, no one is beyond the reach of, of God's grace. Right. And I think he, that was the emphasis. He doesn't, God doesn't discriminate. Uh, clearly, this is he's he's covering all the peoples, and he's the one that is calls us by name and he's the one that gives us eyes to see and he's the one that opens our hearts to respond to him and well and you, you mentioned spiritual radar goodness. seeking and saving the lost right not saving the lost when they stumble upon him it wasn't only the stories where they were able to grab his cloak and he's like okay but he's you know seeking these people out that mm -hmm. spiritual mm -hmm. radar idea we can we can do that we cannot just sit idly by in our church community until we're right. in the face with a oh okay here's the holy huddle mentality yeah, can't, right. can't be reflective. Right. It's the Ezekiel again. Mm. The, the shepherds that went and they, they saw it. They were, these were the, yeah, that's what Jesus does. And yeah. we're never more like Christ than when we are out there seeking as well and then proclaiming the good news of Jesus. Mm. Uh, again, if Christmas tells us anything, right. that's what it should tell right. us. And it's, it's possible to not do it. It's also possible to try to do it without him. And yeah. it, good luck to you. Yeah, right. Um, right. Yeah, so... Wow, that was good. Thank you, guys. Um, Christmas is upon us. Uh, shout out to our listeners and viewers. As a reminder, we have six Christmas Eve services, 11, 1, 3, 5, 7, 9. The 3 o'clock is a mask-only service. Again, you can, at this point, I think most seats are saved online, but you can go online to see the, the needs for serving and attending. Um, as a reminder as well, Fellowship Family Podcast will have a new episode actually coming out on Christmas Day, so look forward to that on YouTube coming out this weekend. Uh, the fact of the matter everybody is that sermons are not meant to just take an hour but rather transform a lifetime until next week much love god bless merry christmas